Uh, it is so, so good to be with you guys tonight. And I'm so pumped to, to really share uh, what God has put on my heart. And we're on week four of our series, which is Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And how good has this series been, huh? It has been so, so helpful. So uh, just to remind us on, of some of the things we've looked at, in the first week, we, we looked at identifying the enemy at our table. Sometimes we don't even know that the enemy has influenced us, that he's influenced our thinking. And then we, we also looked at, at how, because of what Jesus has done, we have victory. So we're not starting from a point of zero. When we, when we give our lives to Christ, we start from victory. That's the starting point. We already have the victory and he wants us to, to walk in that victory. And then we've looked at how the battle takes place in our minds, but we have the power to change our minds and we can learn how to control our thoughts. And, th and that's been so helpful. But the amazing thing is, it only helps you if you put it into practice. So I want to encourage us to, to put this into practice. This is one of those tools that we're going to use for the, for the rest of our Christian lives. Learning how to, how to take captive those, those thoughts that are not from God and how to renew our minds and, and let God lead us and, and lead our thinking. Awesome. And then we've, we've also looked at the armor of God. And we've talked about the different uh, parts of God's armor, which he, which he gives us to, to withstand the enemy's attacks. And throughout this series, I've been reminded that, that God has an incredible plan for each one of our lives. God has an incredible plan for your life. He knows you so well. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He made you with, with gifts and talents. He gave you your personality. And, and God has a plan for you. It says in Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So God knows the plans that he has for us. And he wants us to, to know him. And he wants us to live a life of purpose. And so there is no one, guys, there is no one on this planet that God doesn't have a good plan for. Amen. So I remember a few years ago, we were living in Mongu, which is a, a small town in, in rural western Zambia. And, thanks. There we go. God knows me. My wife also knows me. <laughs> and uh, one day we were, we were doing this outreach as a church, you know, this, this community outreach uh, where we would go into the community, uh, find people, talk to them, offer to pray for them, and, and, and invite them to church. And so this particular day, it was hot, and I was tired. And, and I, I would like to say to you that I was, you know, full of faith. But I remember thinking to myself, why are we doing this? And, and I just, my heart really, and my mind wasn't in it that day. But we, but we pushed on, and um, we broke up into teams, and we went out into one of the uh, the poorest parts of Mongu. And our youth leader, he found this, this guy 
sitting outside of Shabin, this, this young guy, and looking a little bit dodgy, um, but he stopped, and he, he spoke to him, and he showed him love, and he invited him to church. And an amazing thing happened. He, he came to church, you know, with his, with his messed up life, and um, he, he would often come in, in soccer kits, and um, he heard the word, he took hold of it, and his life changed. And it was so special. He, he wanted others to know uh, God too, and he wanted others to find purpose. And so he would bring his whole soccer team to church and like pack out the church. We had to like add more, more chairs. And then he would, uh, he would take us and say, come and, come and, you know, come to my soccer team's practice. Come and talk to them. Uh, he started going on outreaches with us. We would go to villages and we would be talking to people and, and maybe sharing, you know, with five or 10 people. Um, but Maston, that's his name. Maston would, would uh, organize a soccer tournament, you know? We didn't even know, but like, there's a soccer tournament. And there's hundreds of people coming in the middle of nowhere. And he would share the gospel with them. And I remember thinking, who is this guy? You know, this guy that we, that we found outside the Shabin, and God is just using him. And um, yeah, I actually want to show you a picture. You got a picture there? Uh, this is Maston. Such an awesome guy. And I just want to share with you, in the last, I don't know, seven years, this guy has planted about 38 churches in unreached parts. Uh, many of them in unreached parts of Western Zambia. And it's amazing. God has a purpose and a plan for his life. And uh, the, the, you know, you version, which we've got on our phones, um, some of their guys went out and visited Western Zambia, and uh, they actually met Maston. And uh, they, they've been so touched by his story and how God is using him. And, and, and also people are using the, the Uversion app. They're flying Maston to the U.S. now because the, the, the celebration for the, for the uh, Uversion Bible app is coming up. And they wanted his story to be the main story that just encourages people how God is using how God is working. Isn't it amazing, hey? This guy that we met outside the Shabin, God has a plan for his life. God's got a plan for every single person. And his plan for you is no less important and powerful than Maston's life. Amen. Do you believe that? And we've got to choose to live out his plan for our lives. And so John, uh, Jesus says in John 10 verse 10, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. But he tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy the thief. And, and we know that that's, a, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to steal from us. He wants to steal God's promises from us. And he wants to prevent us from, from stepping into the plans that God has got for our lives. And so we need to make sure we don't give the enemy a seat at our table. So today I want to I wanna look at keeping a soft heart and a strong faith. And, and this is a key. Uh, this is a key to how we protect ourselves against the enemy. By keeping our heart soft and by keeping our faith strong in God's word. And so Jesus speaks into this in Mark chapter 4. And uh, this is quite a, a chunk of scripture but, but let's jump in, and this is what Jesus says. He says, listen, 
A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and since it did not have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as, been planted, as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears should listen and understand. Does anyone have ears tonight? You should listen and understand. Okay. And so obviously in those days, they didn't have like the, the, the big machinery that we have to do farming. And so they would farm by hand. And, and farming was something that every person did. If you were, if you were uh, alive in those days, you would have been a farmer because that's how you got your food. And so uh, the harvest was really, really important. If you didn't get a harvest, you didn't get food, everybody would prioritize getting in a harvest. And the farmer would sow generously because he's wanting a good harvest. And the, the farmer represents God. This is who God is. He, he sows. He sows his word into our lives. He sows his word um, on, on, on hard soil and soft soil. Whether or not people believe, God sows his word into their lives. Whether or not they're ready, God sows his word into their lives and he sows generously because that's who God is. And then in, in verse 14, Jesus now starts to explain this, this whole farming thing. And so we're going to look at, at, at what Jesus tells us. He, he says in verse 14, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Cool. So our, our enemy, Satan, doesn't want us to have the word. He doesn't want us to have God's promises. And so he, he, he sneaks around uh, through his enemy forces. And what does he do? He steals the word away. How does he do that? Well, we know that one of the ways that he does that, the main way I think that he does that is by lying to us. The first words that, that, that God said to, that, sorry, not God, the first words that the devil said to Eve, he said, did God really say? Did God really say that? I, I don't think that's what God meant. You know, I don't think that that's for you. He, he lied. And that's what he does. That's how he steals from us. And it says that uh, this soil was hard. It was hard because it was a footpath. It was where they walked. So they would walk on it, trample on it. It was hard. The seed would, would fall there, but it would just bounce off. And maybe you feel sometimes like your, your heart is, is hard. Maybe something's happened that's made your heart hard. And it feels like, like, like people have trampled on your heart and it's hard. But we need to be caref careful because when we have a hard heart, we give the enemy a seat at our table. And he eats the food that God has put there for us. He eats the good things that, that God has, has put there from us. He steals it from us. And we end up missing out on God's plans. And we don't experience God's promises. So we need to work hard at keeping our hearts soft. We need to work hard at keeping our hearts 
soft. Come on. Then the next one in verse 16, this, Jesus says, the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So they fall away because of problems. So we're all going to have problems. We're all going to have troubles. We're all going to have opposition. We're going to get tested and tempted. Have you ever been there? Have you ever stopped and just thought to yourself, like, sheesh, is it, is it supposed to be this hard, you know? Like, I didn't think it, like, like, am I doing something wrong? Is it supposed to be this hard? It's just me. Okay. <laughs> but sometimes it can, it's challenging. And unfortunately, people sometimes walk away at this point because they, they don't want to serve a God that doesn't, that, that, that makes their life difficult or that doesn't make their life easy. But God says we will go through times like this, but he says that he is the good shepherd and he goes through these times with us. He goes through the valleys with us and we can know that he's good, that he's going to lead us every step of the way. He's not going to leave us. He's going to provide for us and he's going to see us through. And so we mustn't exchange God's promises and his plans for what we think is an easy life. And then in verse 18, Jesus says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But, too, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. So this is where the seed grows and that's us. We're growing, we're excited, right? And unfortunately, the seed gets choked out by weeds. The weeds uh, over, uh, overtake the seed, uh, the plants, and there's no space for the plants to grow. And it's the same in our lives. We get so busy with things that, that it overcrowds God's, God's plans and God's promises and, 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 and it, chokes, um, it chokes our faith. And, and there's so many things we get busy with. Jesus says the worries of this age. We get, we get busy with worries. And there's so many things we worry about. We worry about friends. We worry about uh, varsity, uh, getting into a varsity. We worry about our jobs. We worry about whether we're going to have enough money to pay the bills, right? And, the, and, and it goes on and on. And we can sometimes just worry. And those, that worry chokes our faith. Um, we also get distracted by by money, the desire for wealth. And we think if I just had more money, all my problems would be solved. I, I, and I really hope that we all get more money, but it's not going to solve all our problems, right? The desire for other things. And, and there's things that, that we can sometimes desire that, that lead us away from God. And sometimes it can even be good things that we desire. It can be bad things, but it can also be good things that we desire. It can be a sport or, or a hobby, and, and obviously those things can be good, but, but if it becomes something that, that, that's an obsession in our lives, and we've got no time for God, we've got no time for, for, for allowing God's promises to be in our hearts, for allowing His Word to, to grow inside of us, then it becomes a weed. And so we need to find out what those weeds are, and we need to remove those weeds and we need to make that sure that there's space for God's plans and God's promises uh, to grow inside our lives. Amen.
Awesome. And then lastly, Jesus mentions the, the best soil. The seed that, that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce the harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as been planted. And that's God's plan, guys. That's God's plan. He, he wants us to, to be fruitful. Um, I read that in those days, like if, if you produced a harvest of seven to ten times as much as what you planted, that was good. But listen, Jesus says 30, 60, even a hundred times what you've planted. And, and, and what he's telling us is that when our hearts are soft and we, we hear and accept his word, that the results are going to be beyond what we can imagine. So God's got a good plan for our lives. He wants us to, to know him and live a life of purpose. And we've got to make sure that nothing stops us from living out his plan. And so we've got to have soft hearts. Amen. The second thing is that we've got to have strong faith. And we've been looking at, for the last few weeks at the, at the armor of God. And I, and, and I think we've touched on, on, on most of the, the armor of God. And these are things that, that God gives us to protect ourselves against the enemy's attacks. And this morning, this, this morning, tonight I want to touch on the shield of faith. I want to look at the shield of faith. So let's look together in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 13. Paul says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. In addition to all these, okay, so I'm, I'm going to jump now to, to verse 16 because we've covered some of the the armor already, but in, in verse 16, he says, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in all your prayers for all believers everywhere. Awesome. So, in Roman times, the, the shield was a really important part of the armor. And it was an important part of protecting your, 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 not just yourself, but your, the, the kingdom and your families. And um, what, what it was, you know, sometimes we think of like a, this little armor, this little um, shield, you know, which you hold up and then they shoot you in the leg. And so you like hold it, like try and, and then they shoot you up at the top. And, you know, but, but that's not... That's not what, uh, what Paul is talking about. The Roman shield was more like a door. It was the size of a door. If you held it in front of your body, it, it protected most of your body. And it was made of wood covered with le leather, and it was actually dipped. It was, it was uh, uh, soaked in water, and there's a reason for that. The fiery arrows were, were seriously destructive weapons. Uh, the soldiers would, would wrap the tip of the arrow in cloth, and then they would dip it in wet tar, and they would set it alight and shoot it, and, and when it hit its target, it would, it would splatter and would create all these little fires, and it would cause damage, and, and so Paul is saying that the, beware of the fiery arrows of the evil one, because they cause damage, they cause destruction in our lives, in our families' lives, in the lives of those around us, but the wet shield could extinguish that flaming arrow, because it yeah, it, it was wet. It could extinguish the flaming arrow. Here's the thing. Paul says our faith is like that. Our faith is a, is a shield that extinguishes the enemy's attacks. 
And so what are some of the arrows that the enemy uses? I'm just going to look at a few of them. Uh, the, the first one is doubts. It's a tale as old as time. First thing the devil says to Eve, he says, did God, did God really say that? Okay. He wanted her to doubt. He wanted her to doubt God's word. And, and that's what the devil does. He wants us to doubt God's word. He wants us to doubt God's promises. He wants us to doubt who God is. He wants us to doubt uh, that God's plans for our life are good. He wants us to doubt who we are. So he lies to us about who we are. But when he does that, we need to pick up the shield of faith and we need to extinguish that arrow. We need to say, I'm a child of God. I'm deeply loved by him. I'm made in his image. Uh, God is, has a, a plan for my life and it's a good plan. He has a purpose for my life. And, and when we do that, we, we extinguish the enemy's arrow. The, another arrow he uses is temptation. And we're all going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted and yet he didn't sin. So temptation itself is not sin, but it's how we react to it. When that thought comes into your mind, that's not sin, but it's what you, what you, how you react to that thought. And we've got to lift up the shield of faith, and we've got to acknowledge this is a fiery arrow. It's going to harm me, but I'm going to hold up the shield of faith. I'm going to trust that, that God's Word and the Holy Spirit are going to help me to extinguish this arrow. Then another arrow is deception. And that's what this, the series is all about, is that the, the enemy tries to trick us. And you won't believe it. This actually happened to me the other day. There's a, a relative I've been praying for. And, um, you know, I know that every Christian needs other Christians, right, to, to, to meet together with, to, to pray together with. But I, I just thought to myself, you know, not her, not this person. She doesn't like Christians. So I've actually got to keep Christians like, away from her. And then I stopped and I thought, like, where did that thought come from? That's not from God. God wants her to be in his family with the other family members. That's his plan for her. And I, and, and, and I realized that's his plan. And, and, and I accepted God's truth. And I'm convinced and I'm praying for that. And I'm trusting for that. Because it's deception. And then another arrow, and, and this is the last one we're going to look at, is condemnation. The Bible calls the devil the accuser. He's the, he, he accuses us. And he tells us that, that what we've done is too bad. There's no way back to God. But God's voice doesn't sound like that. Even when God corrects us, it just it makes us want to come closer to him. And so we've got to recognize that that's a fiery arrow. That's an arrow of condemnation. And the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. I'm going to lift up that, that shield and I'm not going to allow him to attack me by condemning me, by accusing me. In Zambia, we had, we had this amazing animal in the floodplains. And it's called a pangolin. Anyone heard of a pangolin? Um, and it's, it, it really is amazing. You can, you can see it. Unfortunately, it's one of the most trafficked animals. But uh, this, this animal has these, these shields all over its body. It's so cool. Even, even the little toes have, have shields on them. So what happens is when, it, when it's in danger, it just, it just rolls into a ball and nothing can, can get through. The snakes, um, nothing. 
uh, hyena, nothing can get through because of all these shields. Isn't God cool? Isn't God amazing, huh? And, and so this pangolin is able to protect itself. But we are not pangolins. We've only got one shield. We've, got, we've just got one shield. And it's, it's powerful and it's effective. But if we want to get the most protection from the enemy, you know what we need to do is we need to, to add our faith to the faith of others. I need to join my faith with with your shield of faith. And you need to join your faith with somebody else's shield of faith. And as that song says, can you imagine with all of the faith in the room, what God can do? Nothing, nothing is too difficult for Him. And so when we lift up the shield together, it makes this wall that the enemy can't break through. And so that's what God is is calling us to do. I can't encourage you enough. Build your faith by finding other Christians that that you can link your faith to, that you can stand with. Don't be a pangolin. Don't don't stand alone. Find those Christians. Find a a view group that that you can be part of, that you can grow together with others, and you will will experience God's blessing, His protection, and you'll be able to step into the wonderful plans God has for your life. So we're going to come to the, the table this morning and I want to remind us of the, of the theme verse which is Psalm 23 verse 5. The Good Shepherd says that He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. How awesome is that? He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You know, if you were invited to, to, um, to eat a meal with a king, you know, that would be pretty, yeah, pretty special, you know, it'd be a, a massive honor. Do you know what? The creator of the universe has set a table for you and he's invited you to come to his table. It's a table for him and for you. And at this table, you can be refreshed. You can get perspective. You can be strengthened. At this table, you find everything you need. It's a table that's, that's set, that the King has set for you. And He says, you're special. He anoints your head with oil, which is a sign that you're special. You've been set apart. And everything you need, you find in a relationship with God at the table when you come to Him. And so you've been invited to this table. You're welcomed at the table. You're not condemned. Because maybe tonight you're here and you're thinking like some of these arrows have, have wounded me. You know, I've been attacked and I, I'm not worthy to come to this table. But this is a table where you're welcomed. You're not condemned. And maybe you're here tonight and, and you say, you know what, I haven't taken that step. I haven't really started a relationship with God. Tonight, I want to give you that that invitation, that opportunity to start a relationship with God. And if that's you tonight, can I ask us just to pray? Let's close our eyes. That's you tonight, and you want to come to Jesus. You want to step into the, the life that He has for you. Tonight, I want to invite you to take that step. Start that relationship with Him.
that's you, I'd, I'd like to ask you to just to lift your hand so that I know who I'm including in this prayer. If that's you, can I ask you to raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Let's pray together. Lord, I come to you. Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven and I could have life to the full. I ask you to come into my life. Make me your child and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just take a moment just to celebrate and just to put our hands together? It's the greatest decision you could ever make. You, you're welcomed by God. You're accepted. You're, you're part of His family. That's awesome. And we're going to take a, a moment now to break bread. So you can take the, the little cup and um, you can just, if, if you don't know how to open it, um, just click the, the little lip. You just crack it and then peel it back. First time I did it, on oh my hat. <laughs> but... Why don't you just take the bread and, and we're going to read from Matthew chapter 26 because Jesus prepared a table before, for His disciples and He prepared a table for each one of us. And it says in verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. So why don't you take the bread and as you do that, just in your heart, just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving your life for me then he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for, for many for the forgiveness of sins I tell you the truth I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom and so once you drink the, the wine the juice and just thank Him thank Him for for His sacrifice thank Him for the forgiveness of sins because Jesus did this we can step into the amazing plans that God has for us we can experience life to the full because of what Jesus has done can I ask you to stand Thank you, Jesus, that you not only walked me through the valley of the shadow of death, but you also anoint my head with oil. Scripture says that you honour me. God, even as you anointed David in front of his brothers, you, you, you honoured him and said, I've made you to be a king. And even as your anointing comes on us, we're reminded of why you made us and the purpose you have for us. You prepare a table for us, even. In the presence of our enemies, you, you give us nourishment, you sustain us. And my cup overflows at this table. Thank you, God, for this table. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your, your grace and your mercy. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take your seats quickly.
Come on, let's honour James. Thank you so much. So that's our last week of Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. If you missed out on any of the series or even the pathway to victory, you'd see it on our social media. You can go listen to the messages on on our podcast or on YouTube. Um, And if you've, you know, even coming here for the first time, I encourage you to go listen to that because we spoke through the armour of God and and just how you can practically use the armour of God. Um, So don't miss out on that opportunity. Next week, we start our God Can series. And that's the final series before we go into our Christmas season. And of course, today we launched our Christmas experience tickets. You can get your tickets at the God Can banner. And the Christmas experience will, uh, the first one will be at this location on the, at the end of November. The next one at our Malpus location, first week of December, then the, the final weeks at Camps Bay. And this year, for the first time, we're actually selling the tickets for 10 Rand. If you, you, uh, your children are under 12, they come for free. And all the finances that comes in through the tickets uh, will be used and go towards our feeding programs, the noon, Volverify, and then to a project um, at James House in Hart Bay. So we just thought we'd do Christmas a bit differently. Uh, we thought we'd overflow. And you can buy a ticket for 10 Rand. You can even buy a ticket for 50 Rand. You're in, you can overflow, but the minimum is 10, but you can actually decide. This, yeah, I actually want to sow a bit more. Um, but we also want you to be generous uh, when it comes to getting a ticket for your friends, family member, work colleague, and that you're praying for. And even in the season, you can pray for them. You really trust God that their hearts are soft. And, and Christmas experience is really an awesome experience to invite family members and friends to. And it's always that Christmas and Easter time that people are more open to coming to church. Um, and that's really the time they're going to be open to your invitation at a whole nother level. So make the most of that. We've also got a heart for the house coming up. That's the 12th of November. And um, on that day, people will bring or pledge what they feel God said, asked them to, uh, in their heart to, to give or to pledge. And that's really our heart behind Heart for the House is for you to set time aside with God and to ask Him what He wants you to, to give um, over and above to fast track the work um, of God's kingdom. Um, of course, in the table view area, in the Malpus area and the Camps Bay. But the location you're at, what you give to, that will go to that location. I'm going to ask you to quickly watch the screens and then I'm going to end the service off. So we celebrated last week that we saw over 2,300 people come into the church as visitors for the first time. And we've also seen 1,362 people respond to the message of the gospel where some for the first time they responded and others made a recommitment. We want to honour you guys for being outward looking and being generous and not just living for yourselves, but understanding that the church exists for our community to hear the message of the gospel. We're excited for what's ahead and we know we need to prepare for more and we're trusting to create more space for worship. We want to facilitate social areas that allow for meaningful connections where people find friends their destiny. We also want to create more strength in our core um, so that we can overflow and plant more churches. So how are we practically 
going to do this, the first thing that we're going to do, we're so excited about it, is we want to extend our auditorium. And we've already got plans drawn up. It's going to look amazing. We're going to do um, an amphitheater look in our auditorium so we can fit a lot more people in, so we can worship together. And then the next thing that we want to do is that we want to extend and fully enclose our social area. And that will mean that our social area can be used all year round. It can be multifunctional and it will mean that we can have way more meaningful uh, social interactions and build friendships and do life together. So we're so excited. We want to thank you guys for coming on this journey with us. We want to encourage you to get ready for the 12th November. That's when we'll be taking up the Heart for the House offering or people will be making their pledges. Leanne and I already have prayed about it and we know what we feel God's saying we should give. We encourage everyone to go on this journey with us. And we know that as we do this together, we increase the speed at which the gospel can move at and we can see God glorified in a whole other way in our community. Awesome. So we really encourage you to pray about that and, and really um, know that that's the heart that you pray and you get to hear and that's how you go on the journey. And remember, you get your tickets at the God Can Band if you want to get tickets tonight. Um, and then for new people, you can grab your first coffee. Let's quickly pray for the Springboks. Jesus, I pray that the Springboks win on Saturday night. And, um, and I also want to thank you for how even rugby can bring unity. And I pray that you use it for your glory, the unity that can build to the land in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>